I am talking into my microphone. Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay, we're ready. And books are sexy. Okay, we're back at Amanda's house. That's my house. Um, (laughs) And we don't have to steal wine from my mom this week because I got my champagne delivery. I'm restocked for podcasting and general life survival. So we're drinking the house wine. We're back to Domaine Carnero, so I talk about it a lot. It's the best. It is made by Tadinger, but the California version. So it's sparkling wine, not champagne, because California is not champagne. Um, and it's going to be delicious. There we go. That's a good one. Fair warning. There may be dog noises today because we're with the dogs. Mm-hmm. I might, I might need to give you my phone. And we're drinking out of my Demanda glasses, which is my nickname, because I am demanding. And that's how you get stuff done. Mm, this smells delicious. They're celebrating 30 years. So I'm older. Rachel! Jeez, podcast etiquette. God damn it, Rachel. Who do you think you are? You judge and judge and judge and you nag and you nag and you nag and you don't even look in the own in the, in the mirror, Rachel. No, look at yourself in the mirror. All right, Ellen, what are you reading? Are I'm you prepared reading. for this question? I am reading Demon Copperhead by Yay. Barbara Kingsolver. You've been waiting so long. I have been waiting for for so long, and it is so good, but I am not very far. But it's about this boy, Damon, but he's called Demon. That's his nickname. So um, how do you spell his given name? D-A-E? D-A-M-O-N. Damon. Okay. Um, and so he is, the story starts with his birth. His mother is an addict she's a teenager single woman his father is not in the picture and we know we learned that his father has died um and his father's nickname was copperhead and had this like really shocking red hair that damon has inherited and so over time he becomes demon copperhead Mm. but he's living in poverty in appalachian mountains And he's, at this point, he's kind of been taken under the wing of his neighbors, the Peggots. And the story so far really is just about poverty. It's about sort of these cycles of addiction. So his mother's so young um, and she goes and she's basically goes into rehab off and on. You know, it's like she'll be successful for a while. She'll relapse. um, And meanwhile, here's this kid just trying to like make his way in the world so i know that the book is like his life story so i'm still in like childhood Childhood. yeah Mm -hmm. but in true barbara king solver fashion it's wonderfully written 
Um, and he's already like such a vivid character as well as all of the supporting characters. What are you reading? I am reading ahead because as we mentioned, we've launched a subscription and we take that very seriously. So seriously. We want to find dead serious. The very best book coming out each month for our fiction subscription, the dog pack. And so I'm looking at January books and um, we we just, we're not going to settle for anything but the best. The one that's getting hyped up right now, and I have read other January picks, is um, Age of Vice. As, hmm. Well, hmm. I'll never be able to talk about what I'm reading then. Okay, well, I don't know sure if this one's going to be just it. Say I'm just reading. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be this one. It's just a hint because I've I've read others and there's Are others on the it? list. Yes, I'm reading it. Do you like it? Yes, I'm. Okay. But I don't know if it's the one. Sometimes from page one, you know if it's the one. And sometimes you um, you have to see how you get pulled through. Where, where yeah. it goes and what well, matters. Well, sometimes like the ending of a story can make or break it. Yeah. So this is Age of Vice by Deepti Kapoor. And when we were at the Heartland Fall Forum, the gathering of all the Midwest booksellers in St. Louis, people were talking about this one. Uh, it's about a young boy who is kind of sold into servitude when his father is killed, basically for no good reason, their goat ate someone's produce. Um, and he was already living, you know, hand to mouth. Father's killed. Mother doesn't know what to do. Violent village sells the son off to make a little money. And so he's sent to a mountain village where he works for a man um, who runs kind of an inn. It's a, a tourist de- destination for people in this area, like the wealthy hippies of the 70s go there. And also eventually the wealthy natives of the country um, like to go there and just live this kind of like fanciful, I don't know, uh, mountainside existence, you know, bopping from bar to bar and and so um, that's where he's raised. And at a certain point, he realizes, and he's very, very good at, at serving others. He becomes very, very skilled at anticipating needs and pleasing people. But he's been doing this as basically a slave the entire time. Mm-hmm. He has no independence. And at a certain point, when his master, who he's forced to call daddy, um, <laughs> I know, dies and mommy leaves, I mean, he's eight. 18-ish now. He's older. Um, He's kicked off the estate by the people who inherit the place, and he has to figure out what he's going to do with himself. He's never been given the choice of what can you do. Um, And so he turns to a captivating client who had visited the village, who he had served very faithfully. And and he he goes to him in Delhi, New Delhi, and says, "I'd like to work for you." He'd mm-hmm. been given the offer, and so this and, it, and what he discovers is this man ha- is a very powerful, connected, and influential person. But his job is to be his very 
abused, not physically, but just, you know, like you must serve my every beck and call, like everything. You must anticipate my every need. You must be available at all times, you know, while I'm partying till three at night or if I'm going to board meetings. So you're the right hand man. And I don't know where it's going to go. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm curious. Um, it's been talked about a lot by the publishers and, and, they're excited about it. So yeah, I have a copy of this as well. So it's coming up shortly for me. We'll find out. I'm gonna let the dog. Or no, she doesn't need it. Um so <clears throat> recently for our blog, Off the Leash, I um put together a roundup of the hot fall books. The ones that are eagerly anticipated. We call them the big dogs of fall. Shout out to former bookseller Peter (laughs) for christening that title. But these are the big dogs of fall. And um, what's interesting about fall is this is the time when shoppers are out in force, okay? Like we have people in the store already shopping for Christmas. Um, There was a woman just yesterday. It was like, oh, this is for Christmas shopping. You don't need to wrap them. I'm saving them for Christmas. And that's mind blowing. I like to plan ahead, but it's a little bit like panic inducing. Like, holy crap. She's like, yeah, I'm almost done. It's like their point of pride, their thing that they do. And I'm impressed, okay? Um, But this is when people are out shopping. They're in retail stores more often. So publishers want to take advantage of people shopping for others. And, you know, we almost pick a little something up for ourselves. Um, Really exciting, sure bet books are going to come out in the fall. And anything they're really jazzed about, um, Barbara would be one. No surprise that she's fall, right? Right. We know that she has had one amazing book after another. Like, has she ever had a flop? No, no. Barbara doesn't write flops. Barbara doesn't write flops. No, she is Barbara a Barbara is a queen. Yeah. And Barbara, this would be... call me. Yeah. <laughs> a sure bet for anyone looking for their next great read or for themselves. So that was out this month in October. Also out this month in October. This is when it, when it kicks off. October's the month. If you want to start watching for the big, exciting titles, start watching in October. Uh, we were talking about it's paralleled in May when the big summer reads are coming out. Yep. You know. It's an exciting time to be a book lover. Yeah. Our Missing Hearts from Celestine came out um, earlier this month, a couple weeks now, and I've had the chance to read it. She is the person who wrote Little Fires Everywhere and Everything I Never Told You. Little Fires Everywhere, uh, Reese Witherspoon got involved. It's a very, very um, successful series. Our Missing Hearts depicts America... In the wake of economic unrest <clears throat> and violence, like our country is kind of was on the brink of destruction. And somehow we we're able to kind of regain control and reestablish things. But the government has decided that an America first agenda is crucial to our survival. Gross. Yeah, it's so gross. And China is the reason we ran into trouble. They're blaming China and you must be patriotic to America. It is so much the law of the land that if you are unpatriotic in your actions or your words, they will remove your children from your home and place them in a safer home. So that's how they enforce this America first agenda. Um, Books have been removed. 
from libraries and schools. You know, we're not teaching uh, critical race theory because we've never done anything wrong. We have to believe America's the greatest. Sounds a little MAGA. Oh my God. It's so taking everything we're observing right now. Book banning, America first agenda, um, and also violence against Asians, American uh, people of Asian descent in America. Like we, we already see that. We saw it around uh, the coronavirus, scapegoating, you know, horrible violence across the country. So it's taking these issues we are living with right now and taking them to an extreme, but not an unrealistic extreme. I think it's very much a, a warning of where we could be headed. Totally. But the, um, the story here is about a boy named Burke Gardner and his father. And uh, Bert is 12. His mom's been missing for three years. She is the author of a book of poetry that has been used as a battle cry for dissidents of, um, you know, people are saying, you know, we need to be critical of our government. We need to be critical of what we're doing. And it's also not okay to take our children something we've practiced in the past in rehoming or sending off to boarding school indigenous Americans. Um, So it's a story about uh, this family, the mother who's gone missing. And we, we want to know why, where did she go? What's the the truth underneath uh, the cover story they're presenting to the world. So again, she's a sure bet. I mean, I look forward to reading this one. I brought it home and I didn't pack it. It's, It's one of the few I left out. So, mm. well, can't wait. You got your first loyalty is to Barbara. Yes, so Barbara was Barbara out. First. Barbara was out October 18th. Uh, Barbara first, not America first. Yeah, Barbara first. <laughs> George Saunders, he isn't going to be your kind of for the literary folks. This is his first short story collection. I want to say like a decade, maybe. Yeah. And it's, it's a it's a slim volume. It's nine stories. Yeah. And it's called Liberation Day. So. Of course, he's going to get the false slot. Um, he wrote Lincoln and the Bardo. I know that got uh, literary acclaim. Mm-hmm. I, I listened to that one. That was interesting. <laughs> um, I did enjoy it. Um, he's he's going to offer you something completely unique. Another uh, legendary great. Yeah, I'm very interested in this one. So hasn't written, put out a book in 16 years. One of my favorite authors, Cormac McCarthy who you may know as the author of The Road, No Country for Old Men, The Border Trilogy. And you were telling me a little bit about reviews of the, so he's got two books coming out. Right. The first is The Passenger, and I believe that's out October 25th, so today. (laughs) (laughs) That's out today, Um, and it's a thicker volume. It's about siblings, Bobby and Alice Western, which I think is so interesting because- uh, Cormac has written westerns, contemporary yes. westerns, uh, about the bleakness, a stark western world. Yeah, I mean, this seems like such uh, such a departure in what you were describing to me because I think what I have always appreciated about his writing is it is so stripped down. It is like bare bones, very like beautiful in its I don't know starkness. Yeah. And this sounds like it's not really that, yeah, but I'm re- still going to read it. Right. The reviews I've been reading are saying that um, the writing is Shakespearean, Ooh. 
very like Cormac does will <laughs> excessive excessive yeah so we'll see i mean we'll see yeah. what he can pull off but tell me a little bit about the premise of these books because it sounds interesting bobby is a salvage diver who goes um off the coast of mississippi to investigate a crash and things don't look right and the conspiracy around this crash will kind of haunt him he's also haunted by the fact that he and alice's father invented the atom bomb that was dropped on hiroshima and also, I'm not giving some anything away. This is very clear in every review you're going to find. Bobby and Alice have a very messed up relationship as siblings. There is incestuous relations in okay. some form. I don't know what's happened. It's a little Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, Shakespeare. Um, scuba diving. Scuba diving. Um, and then what we know about Alice is she's a genius level uh, mathematician, but she is... Uh, very disturbed by mental illness. She has paranoid schizophrenia. And we do know that she commits suicide. And I think that's a little bit how the, the story begins, is with her suicide and Bobby reckoning with his life and their family. Um, I think it is bleak. Um, the second of the books is called Stella Morris, out a month or so later, December 6th. It's slimmer. And this is transcripts of Alice's psychiatric sessions. And so her world is opened up. We we understand things from her perspective. And one interesting, I guess, Cormac has not made a habit of writing female characters. No. So this, this is new territory for him. He's 89. So we should be grateful that we get to experience um, his writing. Before he dies. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm going to give him, Talk like, about bleak. Let's give him another one. Jesus. All right. Okay. Next, we have... This Michelle. is probably the big one. Yeah. Michelle uh, Obama. Up there with Babs for me. And yeah. Like, will you be my best friend forever? Michelle Obama. Right. She... Um, <laughs> Rachel, you're jealous because I don't want you to be my best friend forever. I want <laughs> Babs and Michelle. Anyway. She wrote Becoming... And this is the light we carry, mm -hmm. and it's just, I think it's just all of her wisdom, insights into the world. And right. I want to know what Michelle, how knows. she sees things. It is, um, I think, Brene Brown kind of level. Like, okay. I'm trying to give you the tools to navigate difficult times because we all experience difficult times, but you know, she's framing it in the context of our particular difficult times. Sometimes it feels like we're living in difficult times. We will always encounter challenge, but in a kind of discouraging time, what do you do? What are what is she relied on? And so it's going to be a blend between advice and wisdom and anecdotes from her life that kind of um, give you context for that advice. Michelle for president. Yeah. So that's that's in November. Oh my God! Would you just die if she ran? Yeah. Duh. Like she's everyone would. So anyone who like wouldn't everyone vote for her? Yeah. She has said so many times that she won't, though. That's why she should. She should, because what I expect from a president, what I would like our president to be, is the voice of reason. Yes. You know, like, uh, you know, good judgment, best interest at heart, <laughs> you know? Like, like functioning adult, Yeah, please. That would be, a, that would be. Moral compass. That would be great. Yeah. So, all right. 
Um, we have a couple great authors with new releases in November as well. Madeline Miller is everyone's favorite Greek mythology retelling author. So she's Circe and Song of Achilles. Bestseller since we've opened the store. Yep. She started kind of a whole new genre. Many people have replicated it. Um, there is a hardcover edition of a short story that she wrote about Galatea. It's called Galatea. And it's reimagining, I don't know this story um, from Greek mythology. Pygmalion is a marble sculptor who crafted Galatea out of marble. And everyone agreed this is the most beautiful woman they ever saw. <laughs> and a goddess gives her life so that she can be his real world wife. What, what kind of dudes were there in this era? I know. All these. God, gee, holy shit. I know. <laughs> Get a grip. Yeah. So he, he, he expects this woman to come to life and live to serve his needs. He just, and, and, and he senses independence in this woman because, you know, we're separate autonomous beings and he doesn't like it. Because he wants this this person to be a, an object that he's sculpted, and men treating women as objects in a way. What? So what happens when she tries to secret independence? And apparently, there's a daughter at stake that she is very concerned about. So that's what's going to happen in Galatea, on November eighth. Also in November, Rebecca Roanhorse, an indigenous author who um, has very much been enjoyed for historical fantasy um, in Black Sun. She has this new one called Tread of Angels out November 15th, um, also dark historical fantasy. So it's like historical fiction. It's Old West. It's set in Colorado mining town of Go Goatia is what they're calling it. And in Goatia, you don't mind gold. You mine um, divinity, I think is what they call it. So it's some resource that's magical and important. And the people who populate uh, Goetia are the descendants of uh, ancient war. There are the virtues who won, and they're the ruling class. And then there are the fallen, the losers, pariahs. Her sister, who you kind of get the sense must be one of the fallen, is accused of murdering a virtue, one of the important people. And um, this main character, sorry, the unnamed main character that, um, gosh, I'm not going to be able to think of it now. Anyway, the main character's sister is accused of murder. And um, she is a card, card shark or sharp. Did you know it's card sharp? The no. original term is a card sharp with a mm. P, not a mm. K. I, I thought it was a card shark, like you're a shark. You're going to take people down. But I looked this up because I thought it was wrong. Anyway, uh, so she sets out to seek justice for her sister and find the truth. So there's fantasy, there's Old West, there's sisterly love, and card sharks. Oh, excellent. So if you have any idioms or turns of phrase that you get wrong, please share them with us because it's delightful. <laughs> it's so hilarious. When she was like 10, my daughter discovered that Banshell Park is not actually Banshell Park. <laughs> Banshell? Yeah. Because uh, my husband was like, should we go to Banshell Park? And she's like, you mean Banshell Park? And he was like, no, Banshell Park. And she was like, no, it's Banshell Park because you go and you chill there. <laughs> <laughs> she, that's what's the park we used to always go to when she was little. That's so cute. That's hilarious. 
Anyway, November, lots more in terms of like our favorite series. Yeah. So like, okay, so you've got one you're very excited about. I am very excited. And I talked to someone at the conference who told me they had read it. I did not get an advanced reader copy of A World of Curiosities. I was very depressed. <laughs> this is the 18th book. At, at the same time, I've been very busy. So I want to I want to savor this. This might be my vacation reading. I might save it for a future time. But A World of Curiosities, the 18th book in Louise Penny's Chief Inspector Gamache series, which is There's Always a Homicide. It's your favorite. It's my favorite. It's based in Quebec. They're super good, thrilling mysteries, but you get this rich life in Three Pines, Canada, and really lovely, deep characters. It's fantastic. If you haven't started it, we have the entire series. We always will. I would give an entire bookcase to Louise Penny. Yes, you would. Okay, now you read The City We Became? I did. By N.K. Jemison. Yes, and so this is a sequel, so it's a duology, and it's the world we make. And what's cool about um, this series is that the different boroughs of New York are like avatars, so they're like personified. And they're trying, these avatars are trying to save the city. They have to unite and save the city. And they each like possess characteristics that you might associate with those different boroughs. Cool. So in this book, um, they're trying to protect New York from a mean mayor, um, gentrification, and, you know, this like law and order mentality. Right. You could take down the whole world. Yeah. I really enjoyed The City We Became. We have another one for you. Oh, I know. Anthony Horowitz. I really like this series too. The first in it is um, The Word is Murder. And it's kind of a meta mystery. Anthony Horowitz wrote the book. And it's about a detective, Detective Hawthorne, who's like the perfect flawed detective that we all love. He's kind of an asshole. Mm -hmm. But Anthony Horowitz is also a character in the book. So he's a fictionalized version of himself who works with Hawthorne to try to solve murders. Make them up. Okay. I'm excited for this next series edition. So I read Before the Coffee Gets Cold, and it is about a cafe that's hidden in a back alley in Tokyo. And at this kind of hole-in-the-wall place where they serve coffee, um, if you sit at a particular table, you can travel back in time. And it, it's it's about regret. Um, the purpose of traveling back in time is you you have to go back to a point in your own life and there are other rules. There's there's restrictions, but they, they they've always been able to do this. And um, and so each book in this series, we're on we're on to our third now, um, tells the stories of different customers who come seeking the the special magic of this cafe and what they're trying to resolve in their own life. So the, we had before um, <clears throat> the coffee gets cold and the idea is you only have enough time. Like the, the, yep. in the amount of time it takes for your coffee to go cold is the amount of time you have to travel back. And um, you just see how regret w- shapes lives. And so I think that's very beautiful. The most recent in this series is called Before Your Memory Fades. And I love like a cute little book. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, they're something. very cute. They're very cute. Um, all in hardcover, nice covers, really beautiful artwork. So um, try that one out. And then also- We've got a bunch of like celebrity yeah. memoirs and books coming out this fall. We've got Bob Dylan, 
The Philosophy of Modern Song, November 1st. Bono, Surrender. 40 songs, one story. November 1st. So that's his bio. People love reading Patti Smith. She has a new one out, A Book of Days. Steve Martin's got one coming out, My Life in the Movies and Other Diversion. Okay, and we never really know how we feel about TV movie star biomems because... You know, sometimes people love them. Sometimes people don't. But Matthew Perry, people have been talking about this one. I don't know. I'm, You know, Matthew Perry has, you know, a well-documented struggle with addiction and other things. So I think this is heavily about his addiction story. He calls it Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. Yeah, I've heard a lot of chatter about this one, too. Right. And Britt, our school sales team member... She, this is on her radar. She really wants to read it. And then um, another thing that's unique about the holiday shopping season, this is also cookbook time. We get cookbooks throughout the year, but usually there's a couple like big favorites. People you know, love the Smitten Kitchen. We have, um, I think, two Smitten Kitchen cookbooks, and they're, it's always been a bestseller. This is Deb Perlman. I think that's how she says her last name. So she's the author of Smitten Kitchen Every Day. And this one is called, this is the one I want. I looked at it. I browsed the recipes. Smitten Kitchen Keepers, new classics for your your forever files. So a couple that were referenced were cozy chicken and dumplings. I do love chicken and dumplings. Who doesn't? Yeah, make it easy for me. I might do it. Um, And so they're very essential satisfying crowd pleasers. This is one I'm going to get. Um, and then in the dessert world, when What's we open the dessert? store, yeah. <laughs> dessert person was a super popular book. When we opened the store, Claire Saffitz is the author. And then, like you said, What's for dessert? I always want to know what's for dessert. I don't Same. like to eat a really good meal and then not have something sweet. You so, know, I don't really do cookbooks. I'm, I'm not a good cook, but listen, if you want to try out the recipes on me, I will give you feedback. And we do have bakers on our staff and in our customer base. So again, she promises that these are going to be really tasty, beautiful, but accessible. You're not going to need fancy equipment to make whipped Chase Lake Shake cake with hazelnuts or caramel peanut popcorn bars. Uh, yeah, I'm always interested in easy. Like, what's the easiest, quickest? Okay, let me tell you quick, in addition to the Big Dogs of Fall, there are a few new releases coming out. Okay, so this is this is the week of The Passenger by Cormac McCarthy. So you can get that this week. Um, Kids Should Not Miss, Diaper Overload, Jeff Kenny's <laughs> New Diary of a Wimpy Kid. So this is number 17. We will have this one in stock. Um, and in that category of amazing cookbooks, I love Ina Garten. I make her, what do they call it? The wedding chicken? Yeah, the chicken you make. Apparently, Meghan Markle made her chicken, and that's how she got Harry. I make that chicken all the time. It's so good. Um, And then the one I had mentioned, I think last time I recorded, was Ross Gay's Inciting Joy, about essays on where you find joy and what it can add to your life. We saw him speak at the conference. He was amazing. And then if you are a fan of Olivia Blake, 
This is the second in the Atlas series. This is okay. called Atlas Paradox. So this is a dark fantasy series um, that started with Atlas Six, and we have a lot of fans of that book in the store. So if you're you're looking to continue that journey, now's the week. So that's what we got going. In addition to our big big dogs, uh, Ellen, what do we got going on in the store? So much. Okay. Really? Yes, kind of. Um, Tomorrow, Wednesday, story hour with Amanda and Lovey. I've been having a lot of fun. I've had some really good October regulars, and we're reading Halloween books, and it's so much fun, and they get to talk about their costumes. Yeah. Thursday, we have books and beverages at 6 o'clock. This is where you get to come hang out with me, get a drink, talk about what we've all been reading. Always a good time. Friday morning, the 28th, we have downtown trick-or-treating. Woo! So come get yeah. some candy at Dogger Books. Lovey and I are going to be dressed up and we're going to be handing out books. I might be I mean, dressed up. No. <laughs> candy. <laughs> Can- books are my candy. That's oh. it. That's all we got. So cheers to another great week of reading. Ugh, keep the champagne flowing and the books going, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Tag light. Oh, I need a nap. <laughs> Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in Dog Eared Books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at Dog Eared Books Ames or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs>